97.9 FM WCHL is pleased to present Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Nicole has over 15 years of experience as a geriatric social worker and administrator working in the long-term care industry to include skilled nursing care, Alzheimer's care, adult day care, and home care. She also worked as a family caregiver. In addition, Nicole co-founded a nonprofit in the Triangle that specializes in support for caregivers. Now, Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Welcome to this episode of Caring Connections. Joining me today is BJ Webb, who is the director of District Director of Sales for Brookdale Senior Living. Welcome, BJ. Well, thanks, Nicole. I appreciate you asking me to come on. I think this is going to be wonderful. You are actually going to be talking to us about respite. And we've actually, in the four years we've been doing the show, never done a show about respite care. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I was thinking nobody deserves a break. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's kind of like you, Nicole. (laughs) All right. Well, you brought with you some of the top 10 things about respite that folks should know about, but they probably don't. And the first thing is... 30 days is always best. What does that mean? Absolutely. You know, 30 days, it really gives the the senior time to acclimate to the environment. And it also gives you time. So let's say you've you've scheduled this respite for your loved one so that you can go on vacation or maybe surgery or a business trip of some sort. So if you schedule it for 30 days, it actually gives you time before and it gives you some time after to recover or recuperate. We all know we need to recuperate after vacation. (laughs) Gosh, no, you need a vacation after vacation. That is so true. (laughs) No doubt about that. Okay, well, that's that's actually a really good idea. The uh, the next one, though, on the flip side, respite cannot extend past 30 days. So if you're going on a two-month African safari... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to work. But, but there are ways that you can make that work out. The reason why respite cannot extend past 30 days is the state of North Carolina regulation. So we don't really control that. The state of North Carolina does. Um, however, we will work with you. Uh, what that simply means is that you would need to move into the community. But we would know that mm-hmm. after 60 days, you were going to leave. Okay. Um, of course, that is unless your loved one's really, really happy and doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh-huh. And then you decide that this change might be right. Exactly. And then last, but most important in my mind is respite is as good for the caregiver as it is for the resident. You get to recharge, you get relief, and you get to relax. So true. And that's really for both because, you know, sometimes it's really nice for that senior to get out of their environment and meet new friends and socialize and do some things that they don't normally do. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, How do you know, sort of, you know you need respite care when... (laughs) What are some of those signs that folks really should be looking for? Well, you know, you think about when you're at your wits end, like, oh, if if she says that one more time or, oh, if What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Yeah. Yeah. Have we had lunch yet? Is it time for lunch yet? Can we? And and you're about to pull your hair out. That's probably a great time to consider respite. Okay. Uh, Because you really need to be at your best Mm -hmm. when you're taking care of a loved one. Um, Think about also when your loved one has surgery and they're not quite ready to go back home home, uh, but they don't really need to go into a rehab, Mm -hmm. you know, respite care is a great opportunity for them to come in and, and just enjoy a community for a while. And sometimes I think, you know, I think people 
forget or don't think about the fact that when you enter a caregiving role, for most families, I'm not saying this is every family listening here today, but for most family, it tends to fall on one. You may have 12 brothers and sisters, but it tends to fall on one. And so kind of realizing that in the beginning, when you have your superhero cape on and you think you can do it all, that the reality is there are going to come points where you're going to hit a wall and that looking at respite really could be that opportunity to recharge. Very true, Nicole. So what types of respite care are available? I know you have some types through Brookdale, but I know there are other types as well. There are. Um, first of all, through Brookdale, we, you know, some people think, oh, Alzheimer's care. I'm not sure if that's really going to be appropriate. Mm-hmm. We actually have a lot of people who come and spend three or four weeks during the summertime with us as their loved one recharges, takes vacation, and just relaxes for a little while. Um, great solution. Also, you can go into assisted living. Uh, we also at our community in Raleigh, Brookdale, North Raleigh, there is an an independent living. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more that's going on there for the more independent resident. And then there are a lot of places around town that Mm -hmm. adult daycares that will do respite care as well. Or even bringing in home care if you're on vacation from time to time. Absolutely. So there are definitely some options out there. But these options, though, are they private pay only or are they Medicare covered? How does that work? Uh, For the most part, for respite, it's going to be private pay. Okay. So that's Um, good for folks to know. Right, right. Definitely. So I know that, you know, as caregivers, and I've personally been a caregiver twice, BJ, and I don't know if you've been in that role yet yourself, but sometimes asking for help makes you feel like you're you're a bad caregiver and you just— you didn't do your job well enough. And there's a lot of guilt associated with that. What do you think? How do you help someone work through that? Yeah, and and that is true. We run um, up against that all the time. But, you know, typically if someone will just give that respite piece a try, Mm -hmm. they realize mom or dad, their loved one is okay Mm -hmm. and may actually have enjoyed the time away. Mm -hmm. They sometimes are asking to come back for another trial visit or a respite week or two. So it really gives you the opportunity to recharge. Your patient's level is much better by the time you get your loved one back into your home and you're ready to go and do it all over again. Mm -hmm. And then when you get a little burnout going on, the next time it's a lot easier. Definitely. And it's sometimes you can talk to other people who've done it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have uh, resources that you can reach out to and talk to other people who have um, had very successful respite stays. And um, you'll hear the the raving fans for that. So this might seem like somewhat of a negative question, but... Does a respite resident get treated just like all the other residents, or are they not given as much time and attention because you know they're only there for a little while? Great question. Um, Actually, if anything, they probably get more attention. (laughs) Royal treatment. Yeah, they really do get that royal treatment because we we know we only have a short period of time Mm -hmm. to to love on them and to make them feel special. Um, And plus, when someone comes into the community, it's all brand new. We we don't know anything about them until the family lets us know what's what's going on with them and um, you know so so we're spending more time to get to know them and to really bring them into our fold into the family um, also you know when you're looking at um, taking care of your yourself and getting rid of mm-hmm. that bad caregiver stress <laughs> stress you know you you really do need to to take care of yourself and do some things you know go get your nails done mm-hmm. maybe a massage maybe a massage yeah. um you deserve that so uh, and think about that your loved one would not really want you to not have that i know sometimes it's hard to get 
the older adults to actually take that step when they're hesitant to actually go into respite. And I think sometimes folks think, and I've, I've heard this before in the years I've been doing this, is, oh, they're just saying that they're going to pick me up. But they're really just going to leave me there. How do you help that older adult get over that worry? Yeah, that, that happens a lot. And, you know, what we try to do as a team is one of the things um, that we really have found very successful is a home visit. Mm-hmm. And that's where it may be the executive director and the sales manager. Mm -hmm. It may be the um, nurse or the sales manager. It could even be the dining services director if their hot button is is lunch Mm -hmm. and dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, We can go out and actually do a home visit in their home and talk with them and get them very comfortable with us and with the community. Uh, They can come into the community and have lunch or dinner any day. That's perfectly fine. Um, And they can also come in to get their hair done. And that's works just as well and they get very familiar Kinds with the community. warms it up a little bit. Exactly. That, that's a great idea. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, joining me today is BJ Webb and we are talking about how respite might be an answer for you in your caregiving journey. And BJ is the Director of Sales with Brookdale Senior Living. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections. And joining me today is BJ Webb, who is the Director of Sales for Brookdale Senior Living in this district area we are in here locally. And we're going to jump right back into respite because I just think this is a huge topic and really, it really could be considered, in my mind, one of the best-kept secrets in long-term care to really help you recharge and to continue on this path of this caregiving journey. As we all know, caregiving can last a very, very short time, or it can go on and on and on for, for some folks, up to 20 years or more. So you need to really think about how you can do things to recharge yourself and to keep on plugging along, to take care of yourself so that you don't end up leaving that loved one in a position where they have no one to care for them. So I'm so glad you're here today, BJ, to help us with this conversation. So one of the things that I would be concerned with um, if my loved one had Alzheimer's disease, they often talk about how having Alzheimer's disease and making changes can be rather traumatic and can make the person fail a little bit faster. How does using respite with Alzheimer's work and what are some of the safeguards that you do at Brookdale to ensure that that person has a smooth transition? Um, there, you're right, Nicole. It's it's a very precarious area. However, the things that we do before we take someone in respite is we really try to get to know the family and we try to get to know the resident as best we can. Um, we are looking for those daily moments of success when they are with us in, in um, our um community. And, you know, our community is all about the programming and keeping that resident engaged. Well, it's very hard to keep a resident engaged when we really don't know very much about them. That's right. Day one, hi, how are you? Well, that doesn't help. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so what we do is there's a long questionnaire and it goes as far as what's your favorite ice cream mm-hmm. um, and you, what did you, did you do for a living? So let's say you are a nurse for a living. Um, we have like stations that are set up boxes. It could be it could be actually a workstation. Stethoscopes. So, the scopes and records and no blood drawing needles. I hope. Oh no! I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll stay away from no that. No pill one. bottles. <laughs> no, but but we we have a few nurses who have taken it to a whole nother level. Uh-huh. But but it works out if we engage them where their interests are. Sure. It makes all the difference in the world, and it makes it an easier transition. Oh, well, that's wonderful. They really take that time to, mm. to make that easier. So if my loved one just had surgery, you mentioned that a little bit earlier, you know, somebody who maybe doesn't quite need rehab but shouldn't really go home, how does that respite option work? Do you have the ability to help that person regain strength or is it more of a scenario where they just come to you to rest? 
Um, it could be both or either. Um, actually, you know, sometimes that's, that rest piece of it is very, very important. But more often than not, they're going to need a little bit more rehab to make sure that they are ready to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, we do off, offer occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech therapy in our communities um, that would be just like they were home. They would come into their apartment at the mm-hmm. community and, and do the services there. Um, and the good thing about that is, though, the no one's having to schedule it. No one's having to worry about what time they're coming mm-hmm. because it's all they come straight to the community and they take care of it. And then you'll get a full report. Yeah. And that's kind of nice because not all caregivers are really comfortable with that whole physical aspect of getting trained on how to do the range of motion exercises after a knee replacement surgery or something. And exactly. so that really can take a lot of the stressors off. On And also that, that physical therapist or occupational therapist, a lot of times we'll see them taking residents to the activities mm-hmm. to get them socialized. And, and out of the apartment and really making friends. And, and that's huge, too. That's just as important sometimes. Oh, definitely. Having that, losing that sense of isolation is great. So if my mom needs more than just a, quote, place to stay, like what if she needs assistance with medication regularly and a shower or maybe she has some incontinence issues? Is that something that you can handle in respite or is that something I'm going to have to bring in some extra help for while they're there? We can handle that as a respite, absolutely. Um, What happens is our nurse will go out and do a a full assessment Mm -hmm. and she'll talk to mom. She'll Mm -hmm. also talk to the family and she'll talk to any caregiver who's been in the situation with her to get together all the information of exactly what she needs Mm -hmm. every single day. And those are the things that we put in place while she's in our community as a respite. So it's really like a seamless transition. It really is. And they really get that care. That's great. What about meals? Are those extra costs or are meals included with, I know I'm sounding sort of silly here asking all these questions, but, you know, I'm trying to picture, is this more like going into a hotel where you have to order room service or is this more everything's all-inclusive resort? (laughs) I like that all-inclusive resort. Well, there are two different answers to that, actually. There are three meals a day in any uh, assisted living or memory care that that are fully included. Mm-hmm. Now, independent living, it may be a little different because some of our independent living apartments have full kitchens. Okay. And maybe mom loves to cook and she's still safe to cook and life is good. Okay. So she could do like breakfast and lunch uh, in her apartment and do dinner out. She mm-hmm. could do um, breakfast and dinner in the dining room and just make her own lunch. Um, we certainly do not want to take any independence away from her sure, if sure. that's what she's used to doing. And supposing then I really truly use this 30 days that I uh, that I pick for, because you said pick 30, that's the best. So say I actually do that, and I say, <laughs> okay, I'm going to pick 30. And mom, and, and I do go away. Maybe I go to, uh, to the beach or I visit a friend in another state, and I really take that time just to really disconnect from my caregiving role. What if mom has a doctor's appointment, or what if she needs to go to the grocery store to pick up her favorite snacks that she likes to eat because she ate them all in three days because she died. <laughs> I wasn't controlling it anymore. <laughs> you know, how does that handle? Are, are you able to manage all those sort of pieces that really make that person feel good? Absolutely. Uh, in our assisted living communities, they um, go to Walmart or the grocery store, and the residents actually pick and choose where they want to go. Okay. Um, but they do go as a group. Now, in our independent living, we have personalized living. So if mom wanted to go to the bank and mm-hmm. to TJ Maxx mm-hmm. and to 
Harris Teeter down the street, mm-hmm. um, we have those services as well. And she can be picky and choosy and decide where exactly where she wants to go. And that would be a one-on-one service. Okay. So we do offer both. Doctor's appointments, absolutely. We're going to get transportation to and from your doctor's appointments. And that's included. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, that's great. And then what about, um, you know, you know, we've already talked about the hotel and then the all-inclusive resort, but this isn't going to be, though, because it sounds like you do provide a level of care. It's not going to be like when I go to the hospital and they wake me up to give me my sleeping pill. Oh, no, no, because you do not get any rest. We all know when Holy you're in the hospital. Cow. I know, I know, yeah. No, you do not. But no, what happens is we do check on our residents. And again, it depends on the resident. If we have mm-hmm. a very independent resident, mm-hmm. then we're going to check less frequently. But if okay. we have a resident who we know is... Um, trying to acclimate to the environment, Mm -hmm. who is not safe going to the restroom on their own, Mm -hmm. things like that, we're going to check on them more often. So that's some of that information that we're going to need to get from the family Mm -hmm. early on in the process before they actually move into the community so that we'll know um, exactly what needs there are and how to take care of those needs. Yeah, that sounds great because, you know, suppose my loved one, you know, had a a dementia diagnosis and is up and down a lot at night. That would be something you'd really need to know before that door closes that you should be checking to make sure the person's not falling or so really and th- and this is something I really encourage the listeners to think about you know be as transparent as possible about your loved one because the community that you place them in whether it's temporarily or permanently is going to find out the real truth and it's better off that you know and let them know what's going on before they actually enter so that they can really put a plan in place to make that care that's right because it's all about taking care of that person to the best of our ability to do so definitely well we are going to take a break joining me today is bj webb who is the district director of sales for brookdale senior living and i'm nicole bruno your host we'll be right back Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections. And joining me is BJ Webb, who is the District Director of Sales for Brookdale Senior Living. And we have been talking about respite care and how that may help you in your caregiving journey. BJ, I'd really like to hit on what this process looks like. I mean, it sounds like it's got lots of bells and whistles to it. So this must be some kind of an arduous process, right? (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Well, honestly, it's not as bad as you may think. Okay. We really do need to have all the information that we need for Uh a full move-in. Sure. So it's just like you're moving in for sure. Just like you're moving in for sure. Um, And basically what that entails is the assessment, as I spoke about earlier, Uh from the nurse. Um, That could take 15 minutes, but we all know that um, moms tend to like to really talk. So Mm -hmm. usually it takes a little longer than that. Sure, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fine. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we would go out and do the assessment, and then um, the next step, we would have to have an FL2 from the doctor. What's that? And that is um, basically just a form that we get that has the diagnosis, it has what kind of medications she's taking, and that's something that the families can worry about getting, but our sales managers can also okay. assist okay. in that. That's so um, we have been known to go and take it to the doctor and, and sit and wait in the, sit room. In the lobby <laughs> and wait right. for it. Absolutely. Um, and then they would also have to have a cleared TB. Okay. Um, before they can move in, even as a respite, into the community. So more, more reason why not to just do this for a week. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You gotta, you've got to go through the whole process. and Might as well just enjoy. Might as well just enjoy it, absolutely. Um, but like I said, the sales manager is there to walk you through every step of the way to mm-hmm. help you with things that, um, that you know, you don't really think about, like, what do I need to bring? The apartments, by the way, are fully furnished. Okay. So you don't oh, have okay. to bring, you know, anything like furniture. So that's that actually leads to my next question then. So you're saying that you actually keep 
respite apartments. We do. Yes. Okay. So, but the reality is, is you still need to, you can't just say tomorrow, I want to drop loved one off at respite. You need to call and make sure that someone else hasn't reserved, correct? Absolutely. And when you say keep respite apartments, we do have respite, respite apartments when we have availability. Oh, okay. So uh, there are times that the community will fill up and we don't have anything available. Wow. Um, but we do have eight communities in the Triangle area. Sure, sure. Um, one in Durham, and there are three in the Chapel Hill area, too. So That's great. Let's talk to us a little bit about the full service that Brookdale officers, office, offers here in this community, you know, the types of communities that you have and the services that you provide. Sure. Um, the communities here in Chapel Hill, we have um, two memory care communities and two assisted living communities. And the reason I said there are three communities and I just listed four <laughs> is because in Brookdale, Meadowmont, there is um, a memory care and an assisted living under the same roof. Okay. So that's why that is. Um, in uh, Durham area, we have uh, memory care and assisted living as well under the same roof. Okay. Um, usually we do have more availability in assisted living, but do not discount us out because if we have availability in our memory care, we will certainly do a respite okay. uh, for that. Um, and, you know, we, we do cover from the very, very independent resident mm -hmm. to the resident who needs a lot of care. Um, we, you know, the things that you would not want to do for a respite are things like um, it takes two people to get mom to and from the mm -hmm. restroom and mm -hmm. to and from activities. That's just not setting things up for success mm -hmm. for just a 30-day period. Okay. Um, but does that kind of give you an idea? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it does for sure. And uh, I guess if folks want more information about Brookdale Senior Living and how to get a hold of you or one of the communities, how would they go about doing that? Well, absolutely. You can call me anytime. Okay. My cell phone number is... Ooh, here comes the hotline, everybody. Get out your pen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it is 919-886-0412. Okay. And you can call me anytime. Um, also, a great way to find out more about our communities is our website at brookdaleliving.com. Well, BJ, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm disappointed in myself that we haven't talked respite sooner, but I'm glad that today came and you were the one that was supposed to give this the show today. So I'm very <laughs> glad for that. And as always, you may email your caring questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. The purpose of Caring Connections is to educate listeners to help improve the quality of life for families, for professional caregivers, as well as those people affected with Alzheimer's disease. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno is supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. You can hear this and any other program of Caring Connections on WCHL's website, chapelboro.com. Be sure to email questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Caring Connections is a presentation of 97.9 FM, WCHL, Chapel Hill Carborough's News, Talk, and Tar Heel Station.